Hello everyone, I hope everyone's doing good. You're listening to your girlfriend's favorite podcast with Vusani and Sizwe. You cannot miss this one. Hey everyone, you're listening to your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Hi, <laughs> you're listening to your girlfriend's favorite podcast with Sizwe Moyo and Vusani Mateva. You're listening to your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Hey, you're listening to Busani and Sizwe, and this is your girlfriend's most favorite podcast. You don't want to miss this, Nana. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, what's up, everybody? You tuned into your girlfriend's favorite podcast with Sizwe Moyo and Busani Mativa. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your girlfriend's favorite podcast with Sizwe Moyo and Busani Mativa. What's up, good people? It's the time again for your girlfriend's favorite podcast. With Sizwe and Busani. What's good, everybody? What's poppin'? What's happening? You know what it is. Your girlfriend's favorite podcast with your boys, Sizwe and Busi. Let's get it. It's episode 18 of your girlfriend's favorite podcast, Young Savage with Vasane Matiba. What's up, son? What's good, bro? I've been good. I've been good. You excited to get this new episode going? Man, I've got a lot to get into today, actually. A lot a lot of harsh shit, but also a lot of, you know, good stuff. Harsh? Harsh, man. It's been it's been a bad week for news, bro. Like It actually has. It's been it's a been really terrible. terrible week for news, so I just want to get into some of that stuff, but... uh. Yeah, you can start off by telling me how your week has been. Uh, my week's been crazy. I was like, you know, chopped, like up to the neck in work. Yeah. That I had to like submit and all that shit. So yeah, like <laughs> I needed the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I needed this shit. I needed it too, I man. Know, what you been I up to in too. the week, man? I don't know. I've been uh, kicking ass and taking names in a recent rap battle. Oh, uh, shit. Okay. Between <laughs> myself and yourself. Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, we'll get into that. We'll deep dive into we'll that. We'll deep dive into that, man. Let's get this shit started. <laughs> Here we yeah, go, man. man. Let's I, start off. You give us our drop, man. We, I, I missed this drop from last week. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> let's get ready to do this let's shit. Rumble. Then. Let's rumble. Let's rumble. Let me I feel like this is this. this is that Manila. Thrilling Manila, <sighs> rumble in the jungle. Yep, I'm obviously Ali, the greatest. <laughs> All right, man. On to address this. I was listening to our last podcast, um, and we were talking a lot about abuse—physical, mental, sexual, and otherwise. And I was thinking about the girls that don't decide to leave relationships when yeah, they yeah. see the signs. Sometimes chicks realize late that they've made a mistake, that they're in a relationship with some of these guys. But I was thinking the other day, as soon as you see a sign of even, like, of, of high-level aggression from your person, maybe he hasn't hit you, maybe he's just punched a hole through the wall. Yeah. That should be your red flag. Yes. And I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you need to wait for it to get to, like, him hitting you. You just need to be, like... Because we've seen too much shit, bro. And these That's chicks true. know that their men are capable of this type of shit. Yeah, I feel you. It's just, 
like we said last week, it's so complicated how complex relationships get and how they are in the sense that walking away is not as simple as it seems. Yeah. Because I think another thing we overlook right. is that we always assume that abusers are nothing more than abusers. These people can also be incredible lovely people when times are good. That's very true. When the relationship is good and happy, they could make their partner feel like they're the most loved person in the whole world. And then two days later, they snap and the violence ensues or the abuse. That's what I'm I'm saying. I I don't think it's smart for a lady to be in a relationship like, okay, this guy's showing me all his good sides, but he can get like this. As soon as you see him get like that, don't let him. Don't let it continue because it, it forms a pattern. The first time you see it, nip it in the bud and be like, "Bro, if you carry on like that, I'm leaving." Uh, Girls yeah. also need to like stand their ground. Don't let the the pattern continue because that's what they call grooming. When you get into all of those fucking uh, patterns, yeah, yeah. and you know he's showing you a loving side of him, then he's gonna show you an abusive side of him, and you stay because you know how loving he can be. I don't care how <laughs> much you think you can change this nigga, bro. Girls oh, always man. think that they can save niggas. You know that. <laughs> like, <laughs> girls be thinking guys that are players will change for them. Like, once a player, always a player, bro. <laughs> I would think niggas could change, bro. I don't know. It's it's tricky, like you said. I've actually been thinking. Yeah. Like, on one show, we need to get, like, in touch with an organization mm. that, like, deals with abuse and, yeah. like, victims, you know. And then maybe we can hear from, like, those guys, like, the stories that come through and, like, the measures they t- put in place to yeah. help people deal with all of this. Because I know, like, guys, for, for us sitting here as guys, it's easy for us to say, well, if you don't love me, then fuck off, kind of thing. Yeah. If you don't love me, then just leave. If I'm such a monster, then why haven't you left? But girls, that's because, and I know how dick it sounds, girls haven't empowered themselves to the point where they can be independent of somebody. I don't yes. think they have. The majority of them, at least. I'm not talking about every single female yeah, on planet Earth. I feel but. like yeah, there is still, in society, yeah. there is still like a dependent nature in terms of the way relationships are structured. Yeah. like Society makes it a thing to be like, a man must be in control financially, make the decisions, all yeah. that. So it does kind of like feed into that mentality of dependency for most women. But it's also, like you said on the previous podcast, um, I think you made a reference to if the girl doesn't respect me, then I hit her. Or some some sort of principle like that. In in cultural principle. In cultural, like, that's not only cultural, though, that you see that shit in the Western world. Yeah, it's patriarchy. It's patriarchy. So I'm saying, why get into a relationship like that to begin with? I'm talking about the beginning of a relationship. I'm not talking... Three months, like, five months, six months into the into the relationship. I feel like these things, they take time to show. Because I feel like in the beginning, you know, honeymoon phase. Right, right, right. Like, guys won't show these kinds because you're not staying together, most likely. True. So you only meet up on dates or right. days where you want to chill together. Right. So it's always nice times. Then when the relationship gets to that point where you two are now staying together then the true colors can really start to fly. Like, you guys wake up in the same bed and something's wrong in the house and now you see, oh shit, this person is real mad and this is mm. how they react. Yeah. And I'm probably not around. They probably have this anger or these tendencies and stuff. 
then by that time you're so invested in the relationship as well. You can be invested, Fosa, but when your life is on the line, just like all of these cases that we've been seeing in the past few weeks or months, if your life is on the line, you do not stay in that shit. This is like the beginning of something new. Women from now need to start seeing that it's dangerous to be with these types of niggas, bro. Like, for <laughs> real, for real, it's literally a it fight to the death for some of these chicks, dude. Remember, there's also those niggas who make it a thing of, if I can't have you, no, no one, one can. can. So literally, if you do leave, you might just die. We've seen that, actually. But if you with stay, of, you might just die. We've seen that with a lot of these hashtags where the woman did leave. Yeah. And the guy caught her at a later stage. Yeah. On a night out, he just went, abducted her, kills her. And it's because that, that guy's a psycho. There's uh, nothing that the woman could really do to stop this psycho. Uh, I feel you, man. The police don't help you. Society don't help you. You're kind of on your own. I feel you. I feel it's you. a tough one. I don't know. But I like go into witness protection or some shit. Go into police custody to be like saved from this type of shit. I know it's easier said than done, but women need to start seeing relationships as life or death because you never know when one of these niggas wake up in a terrible mood and yeah. he slaps you, you hit your head against the wall, now you got brain damage. Like shit happens that quickly, bro. That's shit true. literally happens that quickly it's a very complex like thing because yeah. even did you see on the timeline on yeah. twitter in the u.s there was a detention officer so i think that means he works in a prison i'm not really brushed up on that knowledge right so he actually got arrested for rape and he was an officer police officer and he got arrested for rape and he said one of the interesting things about him was that while he was, like, doing his job, he actually voluntarily attended, like, sexual violence classes, like, mm. you know, to kind of look like you're such a good person. you going to these classes where they explain so these things. It, planned it for his image. Yeah, to make was, it seem less believable if you were ever accused of something that was, like that. That was crazy. That's Shows that, like, these guys are real psychos. Man. They are real psychos, bro. Sneakers in sicko mode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We shouldn't joke about this, man. Bro, yeah. it really is. It is sicko mode. These guys are disgusting, bro. And I understand, like, now more than ever, the men are trash trend. Like, I understand it now more than ever. I get that women don't mean that all of us are fucking trash, bro. Yeah. But... I see that men are the majority of the perpetrators when it comes to uh, violent behavior. So, so you and joined our side now in, um, in the hashtag. You joined as accepting that hashtag. Not, not quite. Because I will say this. No, I want to tell you why, bro. Because I'm seen as such a fucking asshole. I'm going to tell you guys why, bro. Okay, go in. Go Women, in. although they're not naturally violent, yeah, physically violent, women do a lot of things that... Um, can emotionally damage men. That's facts. That's because facts. contrary to popular belief, men are actually more sensitive. We just like to make make it seem as if we're not. That That's what we do. Uh, you know the like, saying, boys don't cry, men don't cry. Men don't cry. It's all yeah. just cultural bullshit, bro. Like, I cry easily, bro. I cry when I hear a fucking dope song. I cry when <laughs> I see a sunrise that I haven't seen before. Bro, I cry for everything, bro. Like, even if I'm not like, I'm like, yes, damn, man. That's that's kind of nice. <laughs> that's kind of nice. <laughs> like, like, girls, like, girls 
cry at okay they also get emotional yeah but they understand that guys don't know exactly what they want you know what i mean so if you're in a relationship and your girl's not being if your girl feels as if she's not emotionally fulfilled she won't she won't make it a big deal she'll tell you oh, bro <laughs> i'm not feeling good because you're not doing this you thought you were doing everything amazingly That's but she'll true. be like no bro <laughs> you're not you're not holding me you're not looking at me you're not paying attention to me and that's it niggas we be crying bro you told the story about when you thought Eddie broke up with you last week that shit is it was funny when you told the story but it's so true that that's how guys are bro we we, yeah. we also become attached we just don't like showing it all the time because it makes it seem as if we're sissies or some shit that's facts yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, unfortunate man. Wanna jump to another topic? Let's jump into it, man. Let's jump into this. Hit that pause button for me, man. Let me check on our focus. <laughs> not not enough with it. Like we should have discourses on it yeah. all the time, but let's switch up. Let's switch up the. My list is depressing, actually. <laughs> I wanted to switch up to something lighter. <laughs> my list Whoa. is also a bit sad. My list is mad sad. I feel like because we're on the topic of abuse, right? I want to speak about someone who we both love dearly. Mm-hmm. You know, it holds a special place in both of our nostalgic hearts. Right. I want to speak about Michael Jackson. Let's get into it. I had him on my list as well. I think we should talk about it. Last night, what's what's the date actually? It's the 16th today. It's the 16th, 15th of March on South African national television. Mnet screens Leaving Neverland. Oh, shit, I missed one. it. Fuck, I missed it. Shit. It's already been screened in America, but, you know, South Africa, we get things a week or two late. True. Sometimes months. But fortunately, this one was just a week or two. Mm-hmm. And Leaving Neverland, part one, you know, it's about the victims of Michael Jackson, the child, those boys who were molested by him. Yeah. And, boy, the, that documentary... It it had me left and right because here it is, Michael, who I for the life of me I do not want to believe that right. he did these things. Right. But the things that the documentary was unearthing and those interviews, it was like, damn. Tell me what you like, learned because <laughs> I haven't seen the documentary. I want to know from your mouth what you've learned. I've heard so, the summaries here and there. Of the, the, I think so. The summary we all know is that. Michael, very child-friendly, always had kids coming to Neverland and stuff, right? For those who don't know, Neverland Ranch was Michael Jackson's home. He built, like, an amusement park in his home. Right. And he invited, you know, a whole lot of children, children who were sick. You know, it was, like, a very nice gesture. You'd let people come and enjoy the theme park. Right. So uh, the boys in the... Part one, right? I think they were talking to two guys. Because I caught part one a bit halfway late. So they went through two guys, two of the boys. Right. And both those boys were detailing how Michael, one of them was from Australia. I don't know where the other guy was from. I didn't get that information when Mm -hmm. I joined in. So the kid from Australia, like Michael would write him letters, like fax them to him and everything. And he came up with a nickname for the kid. Mm-hmm. Like he called him little one, and then they're even like on the screen. They were showing some of those faxes Michael sent, mm-hmm. and Michael was like, "When am I gonna get to see my little one again? I love you. Hope you write me back soon." And mm-hmm. the guy was like, "Him and Michael would exchange these things daily, like all the time. Michael would call all the time, and you know he'd reach out to him." Right. And 
he said that you know there was a time where he had to michael invited him back to the uh, the ranch neverland or mm-hmm. to los angeles in general and what would happen is he went with his mom to los to la right. to see michael and when they were in la michael took the kid they went off to some other hotel and they just spent the day there in their own penthouse loft thing. Right. And the mom wouldn't know where the kid was, but she'd know he was with Michael. You just wouldn't know where to find him. Because already Michael lives in a huge mansion. Yeah. True, and if now true, they're true. out also touring around LA, like you don't know where they are exactly. Hmm. So anyway, in the hotel and everything, the guy would say that, you know, Michael would like touch him and stuff. But he's like, you know, he to him, it was normal at the time. Because he looked up to Michael so much and he wanted to be like Michael. Yeah. Anything Michael liked, he wanted to like. Then he was like, you know, eventually touching over time of continuously going to L.A., taking trips to see Michael. Right. Things would get more intense. Like, went from just simple touching, friendly touching, to now Michael's playing porn for them. Like, making him watch porn. And then make him watch homosexual porn and stuff, right? And after that, more time. Bro, how much of that can you really believe, bro? (laughs) Bro. How much of that, like, how much of it can you really believe, bro? The thing is that this is where uh, I started to feel like I feel like this is believable because the older these kids get, right? Right. A new kid appears. Macaulay Culkin is even one of the new kids that appeared. Because yeah. the guy from Australia was supposed to be in that music video, the one that has Macaulay Culkin. Black or white? Black or white. Right. He was supposed to play that role. Right. But by that time, Michael had kind of like replaced him with a new kid. This kid's getting older. They're spending less time together. Right, Michael right, brings right. in a new younger child, Macaulay. Macaulay plays the role in... Black or white music video, that Australian guy was supposed to do it and everything. So he was salty about that. After Macaulay, there was a new kid. And by that time, there were still other older kids who were now becoming teenagers. Yeah. Who were like seeing how Michael was building bonds with new kids and kind of pushing them away. You know, like the distance, their relationship was getting more distanced. And one of the older kids, he said like when he started getting to around 12, 13, the things that Michael would do now, Michael one time, he said he they watched porn, right? Right. And then Michael put a finger in, he, he inserted a finger into the kid's anus. And obviously the kid didn't like that. He told Michael he didn't like it, and then Michael stopped. Mm-hmm. He didn't like continue forcing it. He stopped. But it was like Michael was always, like, it was like he felt that because he was getting older, Michael felt like it was okay to now start doing that kind of stuff. Not just simple touching anymore. Yeah, and yeah. Just words, you know. Kind of like an upgrade. Yeah, it's kind of like you're getting older so you can try more things. And I don't, I'm waiting for part two, but, like, if you watch part one in the interviews, mm-hmm. like, I don't feel necessarily like these kids... Or they grow now. Right. But I don't feel like these kids were completely lying. Because when I look at it, for a grown man to keep on surrounding himself with kids, right? And for you to keep on bringing in a new one who's almost like, here's the new best friend. 
Yeah. Because Michael would call these guys his best friend at the time. Like right, he'd right, always right. be attached to one very closely. Right. And then the others would start getting more distanced. And then he replaces you with another younger kid. And then he replaces you again with another younger one. And they're all reporting the same story that there was touching. These compliments and nicknames he'd give you. Let me tell you something, bro. Let me tell you something that a lot of that's a lot of people don't know about Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson didn't just start getting weird when he bought Neverland or when he built Neverland. He didn't just start being that way. He's been weird. Dude used to walk around with a chimpanzee everywhere. Nigga used to yeah. Dude, nigga used to do the weirdest shit, bro. His fashion sense has always been out there. Like, I find it dope, but it's always been out of the ordinary. The way he speaks, the way he moves, the way he dances. It's always, it's, it's always different. Everything yeah. that he does is different. It's weird. It's, it's not something that we find normal, right? Yeah, that's true. So, I've got a theory. <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy music. Conspiracy music. All right, let me give it to you. <laughs> It's been a while, man. We haven't played conspiracy music. In a world of celebrities. <sighs> Fuck all that. There's no intro to this shit. I'm just gonna say the fucking I'm just gonna say the fucking conspiracy, man. Listen, listen, listen. 1985, Michael Jackson buys 50% of Sony music publishing. That's 80% of the of the of the Beatles catalog included, right? Damn. For 41 and a half million dollars. No black entertainer had that type of money to spend. Yeah. Ever since he bought that music publishing rights. Now, this is in between uh, the drop of, uh, of Thriller and just before Bad comes out. This is the mid-80s. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Michael Jackson is the best thing since sliced bread. His skin is starting to change. Everything that you could imagine is happening all at once. Newfound fame, newfound wealth. And newfound assets all at once. New chimpanzee that he's hanging around with all of a sudden. <laughs> New chimpanzee. Bro, I'm telling you, he's weird, bro. <laughs> yeah. But he's been weird. He said in a, in a rally, this thing was recorded on somebody's fucking camcorder, bro. You can find this on YouTube anywhere. Yeah. Ever since he bought Sony publishing rights, he's been trying, they've been trying to get him out. Damn. His theory, I don't know how true this is or not. His theory is that uh, uh, they're trying to. They don't want black people to own that type of wealth. That's his. That's his theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they sold him a catalog. Uh, they sold him publishing rights that were worth thirty million, which he had to buy for forty-one million just to own because he was black. Yeah. Ever since he bought those rights, he's been receiving death threats. They start calling him wacko jacko. They start calling him weirdo. They start saying he's a homosexual. They start saying that he molests kids. All of this shit happened all at once. I don't know how much of a coincidence that can be. I don't know how much of a coincidence that can be, but I think that definitely has uh, a part to play in him in his image being damaged the way it did. Because yeah, one day they love you, the very next day you're in the in the papers because you've got a chimpanzee over your shoulder. Next thing you're in the paper because your nose doesn't look the way it did the day before. Next thing you're in the paper because your skin doesn't look the way it did the day before. All of this shit didn't matter to people until he owned that type of shit, bro. That type yeah. of wealth. But then it could be argued. Like, we all know that when money is involved, this is when files always come out. Right. Because I feel like 
to buy into something that's worth millions, right? Mm-hmm. Something that's worth $30 million. Right. For you to buy into that means that you are taking that $30 million from someone else. Do you, do you get me? You might be giving $40 million to someone, but essentially you're taking $30 million from someone else who wants a piece of that. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, those people will have at some point been within the same circles as you been to the same parties, been to the same meetings where information gets thrown around that at the time it's just like, ah, oh, it's just telling you stories like we're friends, you know. And then now when you mess with their money, then now it's time to use their influence in the media to be like, well, fuck this guy. Like, put out these headlines, put out this. You, you see? But um, I, I agree with you, bro. That definitely has a part to play. That's, it's... Great leverage, bro. But Michael Jackson saw the vision very early. Like like I'm saying, he bought those rights for $41 million. In 2016, do you know how much the Jackson Estate sold that shit for? $750 million. Damn. Do you see how much that this shit is actually worth, bro? Yeah. He saw that vision so early. But, like, do you understand what my point is, though, dude? They're, they're trying to take his image after he took their assets. They could have. He could have. They could have just not sold the shit to him. Yeah. They could. They but they wanted to purposely make his life difficult. And the child molestation thing is a small speck in the broader scheme of things that he was accused of, bro. Like everything, everything that you can think of. After Thriller dropped, he was accused of devil worship, of being a devil worshiper. Like, bro. Like, there's just too much shit on this guy, bro. Like, there's too. They'll, they'll look for any single little thing. We all know why he actually originally originally built Neverland. He felt like he needed to compensate for the childhood he feels like he never had, right? Yeah. The, 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 the theme park wasn't for kids to come and visit originally. It was for him. He just he just thought, okay, I've got all of this. I'm, I'm getting kind of bored with it. Who likes theme parks? Oh, kids. There you, go. you, there you guys go. You guys can spend the night yeah. if you want. It's, it's all up to you. That's and insane. one thing that people leave out is that their parents came with them. Their parents came with them to the house, dude. What the fuck are you doing letting somebody sleep in another person's bed? What the fuck are you doing? Bro? That's the thing. There's faults on both sides. But I don't at think... the same time, I feel like we can't deny that something did not happen. We can't just outright deny that Michael did not molest any one of those what we're not what we're doing is we're not denying but we're not making an absolute assertive statement that he did something what we're doing is looking at probability because that's all we have bro likelihood that's all we have i i I outlined last week why i thought it was a money grab yeah this shit has money grab written all over it bro there i just found out this week these guys went broke these two kids went broke bro oh yeah now they're back looking for money. That makes sense. I understand the money grab. It seems, it seems, it just looks bad, bro. Like for them, it doesn't look convincing to me, bro. You can go on TV and you can cry as much as you want. R. Kelly did the same shit. <laughs> R. Kelly did the same shit, yeah. bro. You don't want to believe the truth. <laughs> you don't want to believe it. It's a tough one. I don't know. I feel like Michael, personally, as much as I love MJ... I do feel like he is guilty of some form of abuse. What type of abuse, bro? I don't know the extent, but I feel like the fact that 
he was surrounding himself and growing so attached to these young boys, so many of them in rotation. To me, that's like, it's not normal behavior. It's not, but nothing he does is normal. That reaches my point. To the point of like, you know, as a grown man, I can understand when you want to be like a mentor figure, right? Right, Big brother figure, even maybe a father figure to these young boys. Right. But for it to be a thing of almost daily faxes and calls and stuff, saying, hey, little one, I love you so much. Can't wait to see you again. Like, oh, on a ring. Like, most celebrities do do that in the current time. Mm -hmm. But they'll call, like, a kid that they're mentoring or looking out for who's disadvantaged. They'll do it, like, once in a while. Just be like, how are things going? All right, man, it's all love. You see, you know... I'm inviting you to the fucking fundraising event that we're hosting for the the organization next month. Let me ask you something, but bro. The way Mike went about it was like, bro, you're just too close to these kids. Okay, I get that. Did it ever like cross your mind that those documents could be fabricated at any point? Because that's exactly how money grabs take place. You fabricate fabricate yeah. information. Did that ever cross your it mind? It did cross my mind. So how can you still be con- so convinced that he did something? I'm convinced they did something because this grown man was taking kids from halfway around the world, bringing them to his place, taking them on his music tours with him. Right. Like, that's just not normal. For a grown man, like, for a grown man to literally be like, I'm going to spend 90% of my time with some five, six, and seven-year-olds. So let me ask you something. Let me me ask you something then. He that's went, the facts, but the those documents the can be fabricated. Those are facts. He went like everywhere the fact with these that kids. He's inviting them into his homes, sleeping in the same beds with them. 100%. That is like, come on, bro. No, he denies sleeping in the same bed. He, he says he sleeps in the same room, but he denies sleeping in the same bed as them. Uh, I don't okay? buy that. What? Okay. Can you admit to sleeping in the same room? Right. Where do you, what do you think the sleeping arrangements are? They sleep in the bed. Bro, there are videos of this t- this testimony from the kids that he was with and from Michael Jackson himself. They said, he said, and the kids said, in two different rooms, we slept in the same room, but I slept. Obviously, he could have just fed them that information. So it's hearsay as far as that yeah. goes. Let's talk about these kids being invited halfway around the world to spend the whole day with them. 90% of their time with them, right? He did the same shit with Bubbles. Did he fucking rape Bubbles, too? <laughs> I don't know. He took Bubbles to every interview. He I took know. Bubbles. Like, Bubbles lived on Neverland. He's one of the, the, the farm yeah. animal, uh, pet animals that he had. there, giraffes and shit. But he could take Bubbles at places because he was, like, half human, right? <laughs> yeah. Did he rape Bubbles? We don't know. After this shit is over, you're going to see that the owners of Bubbles is going to come out and rape Michael Jackson. <laughs> Bro... We can't, you see, this is the thing. We love him so much, but we have to kind of be impartial. As much as I love him, I'm also willing to accept that he might be guilty. But. I'm still going to love Michael Jackson and his music. Bro, I'm not even, I don't even, okay, let me, let me, let me be impartial for a second. R. Kelly, to me, isn't anywhere near what I think about Michael Jackson, but I still came on the podcast and said, I have no idea whether or not R. Kelly did this shit or not. Yeah. It would be completely it would be journalistically irresponsible to to pick a side it right now or even to be inclined into any any direction i've always listened to michael jackson unfortunately i am inclined in a di- direction but i'm only inclined in that direction for two reasons okay i'm a huge fan and there's no evidence the, the evidence is so 
minimal. It's just two kids saying that he went everywhere with us. He touched us at some point. He gave me a marriage ring. Like, nigga, do you hear what these little kids are saying, bro? This shit <laughs> sounds so far-fetched, bro. The like, thing is that there's so many facts that come into play, though. Like, grooming. And especially grooming kids. Like, if you look at it, right? Yeah. Kids are very, very impressionable. Indeed, they are. You can literally teach children to... Fuck, we see it with child soldiers, for mm-hmm. example. Niggas literally put a gun in this kid's head. The first few times this is happening, that kid is absolutely terrified. And a year or two later, when they're eight, nine, they are a fucking killer. Cold-hearted. They don't give a damn. It's they true. can pull that trigger like it's nothing. That's true. Like, grooming to the point of you can almost make... Because even when I was watching the thing... Those kids, those guys, when they grow now, they don't speak about Michael like they hate him. Yeah. You can see that they still love this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they, it's like they kind of even feel bad that they're having these interviews saying what happened. So that to me, like, it shows the thing of the relationship between Michael and these kids was such a tight bond mm-hmm. that the trust level, even though they, these kids might be told by other people, what he's done to you is wrong. Because if they've told other people, okay, he touched me, they might just be saying, oh, he touched me, and I don't know if that's, like, wrong or not. And as the outside, we won't go, that's fucking wrong. But to those kids, are like, but he's Michael, he's my best friend. Like, it's so tricky with this grooming thing. Okay, so let me ask, let me ask a question, dude. Let me ask a question. Why are these kids on HBO telling the entire world that they were molested? Obviously, money. But that's there the we go, right there. That is the bottom line in all of this shit. If they really were in, interested in getting justice, go to the police. But why can't I get justice and get paid? Because it's it makes a, it seem as if you only a, want money. That's but it's the a thing. capitalistic world. If justice can come with the bag, I'm going to get the bag and justice at the same time. Like, why would I just get justice for free when I know that I can get justice and get cash? Because... In the eye of the law, it makes it seem as if you only want the bag and that you don't want the justice. You know how easy it is to sue somebody like Michael Jackson? Because all the money is there. It's so easy to get anything out of them. So, it just, it it looks wrong, dude. I I, I can't move away from that point. It looks wrong. What these guys are doing, it looks wrong, bro. I can't say for certain Michael Jackson did nothing wrong. I cannot say that for certain. But right now, I'm looking at the evidence that's presented to me. It just does not look right. It looks off. It looks shady as fuck. These kids yeah. look like they were trained in acting for at least five years to come and do this shit. Let me let me tell you something. These guys had the opportunity to testify once when they were 12, once when they were 22. Well, the one was 23 or 24, but they were in their adult years, bro. They had two opportunities. The first time, I can understand, they were still groomed, they were indoctrinated, if that's the case, right? The second time when you're a grown man, you have no co- you've had no contact with, with the Jackson family for over 10 years, starting to figure out your sexuality, that should have been your opportunity to say, look, this guy actually, what he did to me was molest. It was molestation. You see, this is where it gets tricky, though. Because if you look at the people who did go to trial, almost every single case got thrown out or it got settled out of court. Right. So it almost creates that... That it's, it creates that thing that a lot of 
abuse and rape victims today go through of, even if I go and try to get justice, what's the point? Almost everyone's case just gets thrown out or the perpetrator never gets, nothing ever happens. Do you know what I mean? I get you. So I can feel like if those families look at what happened with the other families, like, oh, they just got told it's all rubbish in court, leave, whatever, Mm -hmm. or they just settled it out of court, then you'd also probably think to yourself, this is a waste of time for us to get lawyered up. We don't, we're going to put ourselves in debt for something that we're probably not even going to stand a chance of winning. But, dude, evidence wins cases. The cases that got thrown out were cases that lacked evidence. The cases that got settled out were Michael Jackson, to me, to me. A lot of people will say the ones that he settled out of were because he was guilty. But to me, that was just like, yo, I just dropped Dangerous. I want to go on tour. You niggas are wasting my time. And this is when he started picking up the drug habit as well. That's why he was going to fucking court in pajamas and shit, bro. Like, he wasn't yeah. himself. So to me, that that's what it is. If you don't have the evidence to begin with, you shouldn't open a case. I feel like... You just shouldn't. Yeah, that's true. What's the point? But you are like wasting your own money. Sitting out of court for me, I feel the opposite. I always feel like sitting out of court is... An admission of, uh, of guilt. It is an admission of guilt. It's the same thing so. with Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, you think yeah. Uh, you think Ronaldo raped this girl? I do believe he, because he admitted that to his lawyers. That's documented. No, he did not. No, no, he didn't admit he raped her. He admitted that she had said no multiple times, and he kept on forcing the issue. So he admitted rape. He. That's why he said to his lawyers. That's documented and. Everybody in the world just glosses over it because he scores hat tricks and he looks amazing and he's rich. Yeah, I need to see that. <laughs> I, didn't, I need to see that information for myself, bro. I there was an article put out actually just a week ago mm-hmm. saying six months down the line, what has happened to the Ronaldo rape case, and it actually spoke, speaks about how like all of this stuff and settling out of court. Why would you? I'm so innocent, right? And number one, I'm rich enough to afford the best lawyers and everything. Right. Why would I settle out? Why would I pay someone knowing I'm innocent? Because one thing I think that needs to be remembered is that if you really are going to come out in interviews and be like, this is nonsense, I'm innocent, you would do the same in court. You would be like, I'm not settling out of court giving this person any money. Like, I'm innocent. I did nothing to you. I'm not going to. Okay, but you know what? This is different to the Ronaldo thing. The Ronaldo rape allegations are relatively new. By the time MJ settled out of court, it was three years into the process. Three years into the process. That's stopping his bag. He can't go on tour. He can't leave his state. He can't do anything. That is literally stopping the bag. You're paying lawyers for three years straight. That is, that's fucking expensive shit, bro. This is how it's different. Settling out of court to me was him saying, bro, I'm tired of this shit. Can I please go out and make the bag? Can I please do something? I can't leave. I haven't left my house in fucking three years. You see, I don't know. It's tricky. It's, it's extremely tricky, bro. But you gotta, you gotta take every single detail of each person's life. Ronaldo, any day now, he'll settle out of court. Unless he's settled out of court already. Any day now, he's gonna settle out of court. Because he's gonna be like... Bro, I'm fucking tired. I'm trying to focus on the one thing that I care about. And to question if Ronaldo cares about anything else besides soccer, <laughs> it means you know nothing about Ronaldo. Ronaldo just wants to go into the field and do what he's best at, bro. Like, he's going to settle out of court eventually. He will. He will. 
That's my prediction for that shit. But then again, like super rich people, nothing ever happens to them, guilty or not. Like, unless there's just reason, there's like no reason to not arrest you. Yeah. Then you, oh, that's the only time they get arrested and stuff. When it's like, there's just concrete evidence. But oftentimes with rape and abuse and stuff. Yeah. Even just normal, everyday, average Joe people, Mm -hmm. evidence is always lacking. And there are people who have been raped, but by the time they now feel I can speak about this, go to the police, you know, there was no rape kit test, all that. By the time all that DNA is gone. And then it's like, so you've got no evidence. It's just your word. You know, so... Fucking terrible, dude. Like, nobody deserves... Nobody deserves to be raped or abused in any way, and nobody deserves to not get justice for that type of shit. But the only advice I can give to victims is that, or potential victims, is that go and get tested immediately. Go get a rape kit. Go to the clinic and be like, you were raped. Go to the police station. Do everything immediately. I know it sounds easy to say right after you've been raped. Like, it's not easy to just go and do all that shit. It's traumatic. I get that. But... Something has to give, bro. You gotta, you gotta get payback for whatever happened to you. Uh, like that's the way I feel about it. It's definitely, it definitely shouldn't take you thirty years, though. Definitely shouldn't take you thirty years. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into music. Let's get into bro. some music. It's been a deep episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oi, oi, oi. You got a pick? I haven't really. I don't know what happened to it. Let's see. Let's see here. Oh, All right. I'll play ever changing. I'll play. I'll play uh, Beat Take. Mm. Beat Take 1 featuring Ghostface Killer. Beat Take 1? Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear that. Alright, so you need to charge, but we're still falling. Still falling. Haters, I rebuke y'all. Little who 
call cigar, maybe a pre-roll Fake room service knocking at the door, they want amigos If my way, I would play the Reverend Al Green With Superfly playing on a 90-inch screen Every chain would have rocks the size of gumballs And my house would have banskis hung on the walls My way like Sinatra, little butter on a matzah Nothing but cream up in the crib, I mean lots of Rubber band stack, private security Smelting down gold, 24K for the purity My way, every day would feel like Friday No cell phones would vibrate Clutch on this SM58 Everything moving in my pace Focus on the path that I pay for myself I ain't worried about no one else Nothing but a vision in my lane All BFFs in my space All VVS my top eight Bitch Featuring Ghostface Killer by The Neighborhood. Come and play your pick, homie. Let me get a pick. Alright, man. My pick. My pick. Damn. I don't have a pick for this week, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fuck. I'm actually not going to play a song this week. I think. Right. Let's just get back into the topics. I don't have a song I've been living with. <sighs> I actually man. downloaded some new music on Friday. Yeah. So I want to get through all of that. I'll have a pick next week. By next week, yeah. I, I need to do that too. This is much, a much older song that I played, but I've just been listening to it lately. Uh, what's on your list, bro? What do you want, what do we want to get into? Um, let's get into this our rap battle actually let's get into it then it's, it's a lighter topic because <laughs> everything else is is heavy topics i've got heavy topics so, as fuck, bro. So <laughs> but we need to speak about them bro. so let's go through the light one you can breeze through it all right i killed you obviously you feel like you killed me oh, yeah like, you see i wanted us to do a deep dive analysis yeah let's do it can we pull up the videos yeah, we can let's, let's pull the videos up Actually, oh, shit. Let me get my Wi-Fi. So, you guys know your girlfriend's favorite podcast branched off lately into your girlfriend's favorite rap battle. Where <laughs> it's me going up against my co-host Caesar. And yeah, you know, it's all for the sport, all for the love. Yeah, man. Anything just friendly competition. Anything we say in those bars, do not take them as malice towards each other. Yeah. But if you catch any of you guys using any of those stuff against <laughs> us, you get smacked up. For real. 
<laughs> we're allowed to say these things because we bros. Yeah, but you guys outside might just catch a fade. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to fight with your fans over here. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah, facts. I mean, just because Drake went at Push's like, wife doesn't mean the average everyday movie would <laughs> say that line to push his face. Like, facts, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's facts. That's People facts. need to learn that. Stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Vosane. You want to start with mine? No, I'm just going to your, your, your uh, channel. I'm going to the yeah, channel. We dissect the bars. I think. Dissect the bar. Should we start with uh, Madilla Abungada? Mm-hmm. Let's start with it. Let's dissect Madula Blangada. Get shit started by spitting some. Wait, really. hold on a second. Before I kick this off, let me get shit started by spitting some real nigga knowledge. You ready for the real nigga knowledge? I'm ready, I'm ready. Alright. My first million will take care of my grandchildren. I talk with the Saxon because it's hard being a black amateur civilian. You either have to be a rapper or an athlete, or else they scoff and laugh at you. I'm a mixture of Mac Miller, Lupe Fiasco, and Marshall Mathers. The way I approach a battle with such forceful attack, you'd think I'm remorseful, but it's actually a natural reaction, so kind of sort of relax, son. I just want to say, bro, <laughs> that that type of rhyming, multi-syllable multi rhyming, is not easy to do. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do if you're just making a whole bunch of random words rhyme, like cat, sat, mad, dad. Mm. But these are actually things that make sense, bro. So break down that. Break, so, down, <laughs> break down those first few lines for me. Oh, man. What do you want me to say about this, bro? Explain it to the, the people. The way I approach a battle with such forceful attack, you'd think I'd be remorseful, but it's actually a natural reaction, so kind of, sort of, relax. God damn, that's like five syllables rhyming on every fucking beat, bro. Like, I just, obviously, I get my influence from Marshall Mathers. That's not mm -hmm. my main influence. Lupe Fiasco. Uh, he does a lot of that uh, complex rhyming as well. I just think that was rhyming from your, that was, that was miss, that was rhyming that was missing from your battle in general, bro. Like, this type of complex shit, uh, you, see, you just is, couldn't match up. This man. is my thing, right? Right. So... Can you guys will hear this will dissect when I in my bars. Yeah. There's a line I just gonna get to quickly. I told Caesar I studied your moves. You right? study my moves, okay. Studied your moves. The reason I said this because for those of you who know Caesar in a personal capacity, mm -hmm. there was a time a year ago, even two years ago, where Caesar would post I won't say if I don't know if it's poetry, you'll let me know, if it was think pieces or anything. But you would post these very complex blocks of words. Correct. Of writing pieces. Correct. They were very complex. And if you know, like I said, if you know Caesar personally, you know that in his family, they are very musical. Mm -hmm. Right? He has brothers that make music and everything, especially hip-hop oriented. Right? So I always thought to myself, Caesar could take those complex think pieces and poetry and flip it into rhythm and poetry at any time. Mm -hmm. I say rhythm and poetry in full. I don't say rap. Because people associate rap with certain things. If right. you break the word up, rhythm and poetry becomes yeah. different. I understand. So I always felt Caesar could do some rhythm and poetry with his writing skill. Because I was like, it's very complex. It's a very good pen. Mm -hmm. So I studied, I studied your moves. I knew <laughs> that this was what would happen. Right, right, right. And there's a reason why I took my, res not response, but my battle uh -huh. verse 
in a certain direction because I knew you'd come with me com- in a complex <laughs> manner. But I, I had to do it, bro. It's, it's the only thing I know how to do, bro. Like, I... I only started listening to rap, like, my brothers have been rap fans their whole lives. I started listening to rap really on a, on a real level, probably for five years now. Mm-hmm. So, listening, getting into rap was always the lyrical guys, because I've got a, a poetic background, obviously. I, I'm yeah. always into the poetry, the thing pieces, whatever. So, for me, those types of bars always appealed to me. The Migos type shit, uh, it's cool, but... Not that I never thought that's the type of music I would make if I were to ever try rapping. Yeah. So this is my first attempt at it, and I used their uh, their influences, you know, the lyrical guys. Yeah. To make this, should we carry on? Carry on, carry on. Let's see. These bars were ordained by the Lord, nigga. I'm taking the throne without even drawing my sword. Watch as I paint a picture-perfect portrait, nigga, with nothing but words. I'm a lyrical. Wait, hold on. I'm painting a picture-perfect portrait. That alliteration is Tech 9 all over it. I got that influence mm-hmm. from Tech 9. Miracle, nigga, I am a gift and a curse. You're not ready for this lyrical slaughter. You're my lyrical daughter. I'm your lyrical father. <laughs> I'm your lyrical father, bro. If that's not one way of getting sunned or daughtered in this case. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, this is just fucking disrespectful. With the bars, I'm bodying this. You're an unequivocal coffin. I rhymed unfuckwithable bars with unequivocal coffin. My nigga, this is high-level penmanship, bro. I'm not gonna I'm lie cynical, to you. But I think it's critical that I fit this many syllables into this little interlude. Don't think just because I have befriended you that I will not finish you. My eye will not wink at you. I am the lyrical giant, and I'm here to belittle you. I'm a big nigga. Vus is a small nigga. I'm a lyrical giant, and I'm here to belittle you. Let me just cut this for a second. I'm actually a really nice guy. <laughs> I have to rap. I'll give him my best try. This is my first crack at rapping, and this is the part where the rest die. Don't even try to set aside the ability, nigga. I'm a rhythm C. I'm a sick individual. I rhyme like shady, identical. I write till my pen is broke. My timing's impeccable. My rhymes are complex and cool, and despite my tight schedule, I rhyme twice as nice as the regular. Bars on me. So some of them are Duma Luma, you must have assumed I would do some stupid shit like go easy on a nigga. I got too much crazy shit in this medulla oven. God, my words are like a shotgun. I can't take your fucking spot, son. I and I could go on and on, but there's nothing left to prove. My flow is fluid, so soulful too. And if I had to go and... Here I was just toying with my food, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I was just playing with my food, bro. This, take your fucking spot, this, son. This, uh, simple flow. And I could go on and on, but there's nothing left to prove. My flow is fluid, so soulful too. And if I had to go and prove that I'm colder than you in the vocal booth, you must be loco too. But the fans will vote. You tied your own noose by accepting the smoke. You suck so much dick. <laughs> you outrap me? Please. But if you're willing to be the sacrifice, then you must be the goat. Goats are sacrificed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, was dope. These are bars, nigga. I don't do drugs, hoes, and cars, nigga. My words are weapons, and I'm pulling that hard trigger. But this rap is an ode to the M's and the hoes, the Kendricks, the Coles. I'm coming straight at this clown with the prevalent flow. You're getting exposed. I'm flexing out of control. You're my first victim, and I'm collecting these souls. Fuck out of here, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was Medulla Oblongata. Let's get into... Yeah, Medulla the- was so complex. I got to say, we predicted. We knew it was complex. So, 
for game over. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, if I really were to get in my bar complex bag, mm-hmm. we would play on Scrabble, right? I was like, that is Caesar's niche. But I was like, my niche, I can switch it up stylistically. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why don't I go at that route? I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to give the fans something to think about differently. I'm going to let them think either they're choosing a very complex lyrical skill mm-hmm. or they're choosing something that's more commercial. commercial. Mm. And I have to play into that because of the changing tide of <clears throat> hip-hop. So let's get into saying to game over. Before we get into game over, you're talking about changing tides of hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. We're all in this new wave of trap flows and that type of stuff. But the greatest rappers of our time are, are still, still lyrical, lyrical niggas. They're still the lyrical niggas. Yeah. <laughs> so but change your tides all you want, man. Wait, this Real is the thing. still overcomes. <laughs> the greatest are the lyrical, uh-huh. but the general population are the non lyrical. Like, there's. The greatest are like five guys. Right. And they're all lyrical. <clears throat> and then the whole industry has a hundred guys in 95 or not yeah. Like lyrical. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I feel you. I feel you. So let's get into this. We'll debate the semantics of rap after <laughs> yeah. this. All the hubby sessions turned into smoke. Crazy. I love that line, by the way. Because oh, yeah. we always have hub. We smoke. We yeah. speak about it. We always have hubby <laughs> up to the podcast. All right. Yo, I'm in this rap battle with my bro. Crazy how I really gotta kill him with a flow. Crazy how he used a podcast or some therapy, and now a future therapist is killing all your Please whole pause that. <laughs> Caesar has admitted on previous episodes that the podcast is therapeutic to him. Facts. You guys know we had this sort of Lulu where it came out that I'm studying psychology in the process of becoming a future psychologist or therapist. And here we are in this podcast. I'm battling my bro. <laughs> he's battling a future therapist on the platform that is his therapy and that future therapist is killing all his hope I feel it I feel it. I like that damn sit down my sidekick nigga I might turn your sister to my side chick nigga how you disrespect <laughs> <laughs> don't kick nigga I might turn your yo if I catch anyone out there talking about pee, we'll <laughs> smack you up, all right? I only say these bars for disrespect. Because don't lie, the one thing when I wrote this verse, mm. you know that video on Twitter of Blueface? Right. Where he's like, I, yeah, I, I'm about to get disrespectful in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that video was playing in my mind. Oh, and I was yeah. like, let me write these verses. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the inspiration is Blueface for the record, guys? <laughs> I was like thinking, oh, I was like, I was like, you know, who am I gonna be inspired by? This <laughs> and I was like, I'm going the pusher T direction, like just straight disrespect. Right. If you had a sick friend, I would have been like six six. Can I press The therapist is killing all your hope. Oh damn! Sit down, my sidekick, nigga. I might turn your sister to my side chick, nigga. Hell yeah, I'm cutthroat, but don't choke, nigga. My verse got a hole on your ventricles, nigga. Words don't hurt, but mine will break you, nigga. Wait, wait. Let me switch the flow up on you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, made you kick the bucket, nigga, before you did your bucket list. Uh, my pain game strong, I could probably kill you with my right wrist. Yeah, police gonna take the pages I write as the evidence. Yeah, no ghost writers here, they can dust them off and see my fingerprints. Yeah, hit that just pause. Another- so you switched the flow up. I went with the, the triplet flow. All right. The Migos trap flow. You know. <laughs> so I told you guys, I can't, I'm not gonna go complex on a nigga. I'm going to keep the bars very dumbed down for the audience. Why? Don't dumb down for an audience, bro. You speak your mind, bro. This is how niggas be losing respect in these streets. <laughs> we know that you're an intelligent guy. You're an aspiring psychologist. Don't dumb down the content, bro. But the audience, we're dealing with an audience that's not so barred up as we are in hip-hop. That's why we get a, a, a nigga that's like why, Tom that knows rap yeah, to, to, come to officiate. That's why we chose him. Because I'll, I'll give you my synopsis at the end of at the end of this. I want you to just, just manage this, right. d- dissect what you're saying so, here. Those bars right there, right? I made you kick the bucket before you did your bucket list. Because, mm. you know, me and Caesar are some broke niggas. We still have a lot on our bucket <laughs> list to, to achieve. Right. Made him kick the bucket. We all know if you know English... That's a phrase for someone dead. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. So I made, I killed Caesar. I made him kick the bucket. Mm-hmm. My pen game is strong. I could kill you with my wrist. You know, it's ly- it's lyrical venom. Mm-hmm. You know, my pen game strong. That's self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the police are going to take these pages as the evidence. The pages I'm writing on, Right. I killed this nigga with these words on the page. They're going to take this as evidence. There's no ghostwriters here. They're going to dust them off and see my fingerprints. Any of you ever know what the police do? They bring that black powder and yeah. dust off the evidence the brush, yeah. and see the fingerprints. Self-explanatory bars mm. that. Writers here, they can dust them off and see my fingerprints. Yeah, you just another victim. I'm Ted Bundy with the shit. I told you I'm... Yeah. C- People know who Ted Bundy is. Yeah, shout out Ted Bundy, serial killer of no... Serial necrophiliac <laughs> as well. <laughs> he used to fuck dead bodies, bro. So I don't know if you're trying to fuck my dead body or some shit. Pause. <laughs> just, I just needed people to know that that was a very ambiguous line. <laughs> Can't kill you, nigga, I did. Nobody can top me. Well, except for your ex. I'm talking real slack. My, e- my ex or my ex? Your ex. Oh, no, no I heard can, eggs like nobody <laughs> can top me except for your ex. And then play the next line. Dead. Nobody can top me. Well, except for your ex. I'm talking real sloppy. Yeah, real sloppy. <laughs> That's a blow drop line, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Head bobbing when she top me. I know you want the shit to end, but death is the only nigga that can stop me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was such a fucking screw screw laugh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is like Travis Scott trying to go up against Eminem. Man. <laughs> Sign up for some wise words for you, nigga. Something to take home. Your error was choosing someone with nothing to lose. A whole lot of proof. Trust me, I studied the game. I studied your moves. Checkmate. A Magnus Carlson when I'm in the booth. Checkmate. Pause there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The error was choosing someone with nothing to lose. A whole lot of proof. That's like common rapping bars. Everyone says that, you know. You all have nothing to lose, a whole lot of proof. So I would go hard. Mm-hmm. I studied the game. I studied your moves. 
like I said, I mentioned the think pieces and poetry Caesar wrote in the past. Yeah. I knew what was coming my way. Something very complex. I studied his moves. A Magnus Carlson. Oh wait, I studied his moves. Checkmate. A Magnus Carlson when I'm in the booth. Checkmate. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know who Magnus Carlson is, Magnus Carlsen is a world-class chess player. Some say he's the best chess player in the world. He's like a chess master. Mm-hmm. Attention. So, Power is love. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, me saying all of that, you know, it was like a game of chess. I studied his moves. Yeah. I'm Magnus Carlsen in this. When I'm in the booth, it's even, I'm Magnus Carlsen even in the rapping. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I had to let him check, mate, you know. All right. Well, yeah, and that's that's probably the most complex thing you've spit in this okay. whole <laughs> this whole thing. Listen, listen to the rest. Oh, checkmate! Yeah, you was the fat kid, so eat these bars like pudding, and you'll find the proof that it's over. It's over, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and then another fuck boy laugh at that. Right? <laughs> uh, All right, no, I I told Busta that I I respected his bars. I still think I outdid him simply because mine was more scientific. My my shit yeah. was just it was more cerebral, hence Medulla Oblongata being the title. Game over, come on man. Come on. I don't know if you wanna uh, get into my round two as well because game? that shit was crazy. Let's go into round two. I haven't heard the round two. <laughs> I'm just gonna play straight through, I'm not gonna dissect yeah, anything. I'm not gonna dissect it. So I'm gonna drop a round two as well. Yeah. Later this weekend. I'm gonna drop a round two. Next week we'll go through the round twos. Alright. Mind you, I wrote this shit in literally 10 minutes, so here it goes. This is the victory lap. It's game over. I say let the games begin. You better keep my sister name out your mouth before you make me sinful. Oh, and you are you trying to sound like Drake or the Migos? You sound like you're trying to make raps for kids that are 16 years old. <laughs> I am the fat kid, so stop trying to punch above your weight class. I saw your broad and she asked me if I thought she had a great ass. I told her to send me her addy and we can save that for debate class. <laughs> I see that. You feel that? I see that. You feel that? <laughs> Yo, I started this shit. That means I decide when the game ends. I love your girl's intellect. She gives good brain and I'm out of this world. That's why. Intellect I- and. Oh, man. Right, so you brought the blowjob oh, bars man. into the into oh, yours. Man. <laughs> Let's just uh, go back a little. Amen. I love your girl's intellect. She gives good brain and I'm out of this world. That's why I sound like I'm an alien. I'm Bob Marley. You're more like Damien. I give you chick these nuts and she'll think I'm macadamia. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> I'm crazy off the top, I'm impossible to stop, you're lazy with the thoughts you lack, any tactful thought process, I'm the black ops with this shit, your broad is just a thought, this is my victory lap, respond again, you might feel the full extent of the wrath of my attack, you sound like you bit a line off of every trap song, after a minute and a half of mediocre raps, I feel like I needed to take a nap, hmm. long. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can rap in a trap flow. I can switch it up fast. I can rap slow. You thought using these flows was a cheat code. Rapping to a beat, there ain't no beat, bro. I knew you was just a little cheese ball. Everything you bit off was Big Sean. I'm the American Devil. That's my theme song. I'm Black Demon, nigga. My dick long. Don't ever try to fuck with me on my King Kong shit. Don't ever try to fuck with me on my King Kong shit. I didn't start the battle for you to sing songs with. I feel bad for you. I've never taken losses. Your broad told me that it's time you came out the dang closet. I'm Richard Pryor of the rap game. You're Mike Myers of the trap game. Vasana the Badge is your rap name. Perhaps you should stay over in that lane. 
Oh, man. I'm just kidding, Adelaide. You know I love you. <laughs> Yo, that's round two, man. So- Victory lap, we see it. <laughs> Victory lap, about to get our bard. <laughs> I came with my club hit. I came with my club hit now. <laughs> I'm about to come through with my, my cerebro. Not even Professor X can can see this shit, man. Oh, man. I don't think this fucking back and forth will ever end. <laughs> Nobody wants to be outdone. <laughs> We're going three rounds. We're going man. three rounds. Best of three. Three, three rounds. We're going to let the fans decide. And All our right. people decide. All right. Uh, what else can we go, get into here, man? I've still got just really dark shit left on my docket. Do you want to get into something on your list? Do you have... New, I've got something light. Do you have New Zealand on you? I do. I do. Okay, I've also got New Zealand. You know, I've got uh, the unemployment crisis we're going through right now as a country mm. Mm. on my docket. So, how do you want to go about this? What else do you have on there? Cause you... Well, I've got, I've got a topic here about my fear of being black, bro. The fear of being black? It's actually a serious thing. Don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the nigga laughs. <laughs> I'm actually um, that trap now. Yeah. It's over, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got... Um, I recently met up with my ex, actually. Let's talk about that for oh. a second. <sighs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. You're not just about to say I just met up with my ex. We're going <laughs> like, to get into it. Nigga, met up with his ex. Oh! <laughs> I did. I met. I met up with my ex. Um, well, I just recently finished my diploma, obviously, and she needed some textbooks. She's in her final year now. My G. Yeah. Yeah, man. Black excellence and shit. You get me? Yeah. Um. So she needed textbooks from you know uh, for this year. She needs textbooks for this year. So I decided, you know, let me just sell you mine. So after work one day, I uh, met up with her in Newtown. I gave her the books. I thought she was just going to like take the books and she was going to leave. No, she like literally sat there, bro. I was there. I was having a, a drink for myself, you know. Yeah. And <clears throat> she actually just sat down and started talking to me. I think we're there for about 45 minutes. Damn. I didn't want to talk to her. So why don't you tell her to leave? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do that. Like, contrary to poor people belief, I'm actually a nice person, dude. Like, <laughs> contrary to what you niggas think. But, um, yeah, we just got to talking. It was really awkward, bro. No, for real? It was really awkward because I'm still very much sexually attracted to her, bro. She looked really good. She looked like... She looked like takeaway food a morning after a takeout. A ta- like a turn up. <laughs> like, you know, after a turn up, how fucking great takeout tastes. Yeah, That's yeah. how good she looked, bro. So I was, I, I was like there trying to restrain myself. Like, okay, don't touch her. Don't, don't undress her with your eyes. Play it cool. Play it cool and shit. So I, that was a really tough thing for me, bro. Have you ever like run into your ex since you started dating Eddie? Nah, nah. I haven't run into any of my exes. How would you react if you did? How would you how would you play it? I just play through what I've done in the past. Just say what's up, mm-hmm. you know, how's life, all of that. That's small talk. Yeah. And then keep it moving. Like, yeah. But I guess when you're meeting up with them to give them something, like books. Yeah, yeah. It's a different situation. It's not like just meeting them in passing. Yeah, exactly. It's not like uh, I saw her in the mall and I gave yeah. her a hug and said hi. No, it was like she sat down 
And she yeah. started talking to me. I thought she was just going to pick up and go. Like, my life would have just been perfect that way. Now a nigga's catching feelings again, yeah, bro. Uh, that's on us. Did y'all reconnect? Like, I did, bro. I don't know. She's got a boyfriend, bro. Another nigga named Caesar, so. <laughs> that's fucked up. That's fucked up, right? Are y'all <laughs> texting each other again, though? What's going uh, on? We've been texting, but I felt like that was a safety net. It, it's safe to text, you know? Yeah, I'm saying since the meet. Uh, yeah, we've uh, very on and off. We met on Wednesday. I think we've texted just a couple of times since then. I told her it was good seeing her. She said it was good seeing you. Kind of ended there, you know. I was just being polite, bro. But in my mind, the weirdest, most vulgar shit was going on, bro. So <laughs> I don't know. Are you gonna throw a span in the works in that relationship? What am I gonna try and hit the nigga with the brick? <laughs> bro, let me let me ask you something, yeah, bro. It's gonna you know just like you know, Golden City. Sometimes you go on all the rides. Yeah. And then everyone's like, let's go home quick. And you're like, wait, let me just go in the Anaconda one last time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you quickly just go back into a cute, ride it one last time, go home. Well, let, me, let, <laughs> let me ask you something, but before I answer that, before I answer whether or not I'm throwing a spanner in the works, if, if you knew that Addie was texting her ex, a recent ex, right? Yeah. Say it's been four, five months since you guys broke up, since uh, she broke up with that nigga. Yeah, yeah. You got, uh, and you find out that they've been texting each other. What would your immediate reaction be, bro? I would be like... Regularly. Uh, I'm talking I'm, daily. I'd be infuriated. You'd be angry, right? Yeah. So... You hella pissed off. This chick told me that she told her current boyfriend that she's been texting me. Damn. I don't believe her. Because any nigga in his right mind would be like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Stuff. She said, her boyfriend said, no, he says it's okay. I think that's bullshit, bro. I I really think that is bullshit. But, um, of course, I could be wrong. Maybe he's just that confident in, in himself that, ah, this nigga won't do anything. Ah, I'm gonna fuck his girlfriend, bro. He just, <laughs> he just, he, he just needs to be prepared for that shit. <laughs> oh, shit. This nigga really say he gonna fuck the nigga's girlfriend. Where's my drop, man? There's only one appropriate drop for this. Man, it's not like I wanted. I want to do it, bro. I just... Yeah, it's not like I want to do it, bro. I mean, it, it just needs to be done. You're forgetting that there's not somebody that, that I just want to fuck. There's somebody that I broke up with that I have actual real-life feelings for. Yeah. So, it, it's, it's more... It's, it runs deeper than you think, dude, so... Did I lose my drop? I think I lost my drop. Oh, here it is. Let me say I'm a fuckies girlfriend. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> that has to be the best sound ever. Oh! Is that what you gonna do when you smash? You gonna, you gonna... <laughs> nah, dude. I don't make sounds. You're like. <sighs> uh, <laughs> I said on the last podcast, I'd be in my girl's ear like. Oh! <laughs> bro, Eddie's gonna fuck you up, bro. <laughs> Talking about just sex life and shit. Anyway, uh, let's dissect something. I feel like the New Zealand topic, I don't want to get too deep into it. It it requires depth, bro. I felt like I just wanted to pass some condolences. All right. You know. All right. Like, rest in peace to the victims. Rest in peace to the victims, definitely. And yeah. condolences to their family, mm-hmm. you know. And it's unfortunate that this act of terrorism happened to them. Mm. 
and it is terrorism. We can't say he's a white gunman. This man. is what I wanted to get into. It, no, it's terrorism. He's not. A, he's not sick. He's not a gunman. He's not derailed. He's he's a terrorist. Exactly. I wanted. I wanted to applaud the prime minister actually of New Zealand for calling it exactly what it is. Yeah. An actor of terror. Okay. Firstly, the way we use the word terrorist is is very loose. We we use it mainly to explain people that kill people in large quantities. Yeah. But I feel like a terror is anybody that murders or rapes. Yeah. That's my personal definition of it. Uh, we use it to describe. Uh, we use it to describe the World Trade Center attacks. We use it to describe the Las Vegas attack. Actually, we use it to describe the Las Vegas attack. America used it, like they used the word, uh, uh, what mentally ill. Yeah. Um, it's always a gunman or yeah. gunmen. Yeah. It's never yeah. terrorists. So I'm actually happy that this time they called it exactly what it is. Um, but I think New Zealand should be ready for an attack, dude. That's my prediction right now. I don't think the Muslims, Muslim extremists, I don't think Muslim extremists will take this lightly and just let it happen that you kill 49 of our brothers and sisters and nothing's going to happen to you. I think uh, New Zealand being one of the most racist countries in the world, New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. Hella racist. Hella racist, bro. I don't think... I think they need to prepare themselves for real shit to go down now. Like, real, real attacks. Like, World Trade, World Trade Center type shit. I don't know. I don't feel like that will happen. You don't? No. Mm. I don't think that will happen to New Zealand. Mm. I feel like... I feel like this was something that will blow over. I'm hoping. Unfortunately. I'm hoping. And I say unfortunately because I feel like... It's going to be forgotten within a matter of days. That's why okay. I say, unfortunately, it's just going to blow over. We're all going to forget about it and carry on living our lives. I'm saying hopefully it'll blow over like there won't be any reaction. That's what I'm... I'm yeah, using. also, I don't yeah, want there to be any reaction, you know. But it's... Uh, uh, you know, I applaud the prime minister calling it terrorism. We yeah. gotta, We can't... Not we. White people need to stop excusing white people. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like white people are never called extremists, they're never called terrorists, True. they're never called criminals. Yeah. They're always sick. They're always sick. There's always something wrong there's always with them. Some, there's always an excuse. Which in every case, if you're killing people in any quantity, you are sick. Exactly. I'm I'm just saying that shouldn't be reserved for white people. If yeah. if you're killing if you're killing and raping, you are sick, bro. There is something wrong with you. Exactly. So white people. Mm. Yeah, you know, let me let me hold my peace. Yeah, man. Caesar had a meeting with me off air about yeah. my views, yeah. <laughs> my yeah. views towards Caucasians. Yeah, man. The caucasity of us all. The caucasity. <laughs> yeah. Let me hold my tongue. <laughs> um, wait, let's just for for real quick as a like a disclaimer here. This is not a politically correct podcast. Yes. All right, things will be said that offend different groups. This, things are said that even offend black people on this shit, bro. Yeah. I have very unpopular opinions about, about certain shit and black women, especially I'm probably their biggest enemy, but, uh, you will get offended listening to this shit. The thing is to take it with a grain of salt. We don't always believe in what we're saying. We say it for entertainment purposes at times, but then there are, there are times where I genuinely believe in what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Like women should not be presidents. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Or prime ministers, for that matter. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <man>. <laughs>
<sighs> anyway, <clears throat> I feel like one last deep thing I want to get into off my list. Yeah. Something very relatable. Unemployment in South Africa. Let's get into it. Especially because it's graduation season right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of universities and everything. And, like, bro, the youth need jobs. Like, I remember, I think I was in second year. I was walking down the street outside of campus. There was a camera crew, news reporter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what channel it was. It wasn't, like, SABC or anything. Mm-hmm. They interviewed me. Right. Plus, I like things. So I was like trying to get an interview. Like, <laughs> like, I saw that camera and I purposely switched to the other side of the street. The violence. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm getting on TV today. <laughs> so, yeah, they spoke to me. They spoke to me about this unemployment. Right. They're like, do you fear that when you graduate, you'll be unemployed? And I was like, okay, that's like in a few years. That's a now. very real fear that we have. And everything. So, I wanted to get into it with you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the youth is unemployed, especially graduates. Mm. Like, what do you think? Do you think that the government has to, not obviously they have to help, but do you think that they should really be placing people into positions, creating avenues for... 100%, on- bro. I definitely think that. I, I think the government, especially because there's such a shortage of work, like the teaching profession and the medical profession are two professions that are lacking heavily. And there are so many people graduating annually from, from education degrees. I don't know why nobody's being employed. It's, it's fucked up. I don't know. The government's not doing enough. I was thinking that the government should become more integrated into these universities. Yes, it should. So it's a streamlined process of when you are graduating or even in your final years Mm -hmm. that you know more or less that you are going into a government position somewhere mm-hmm. or might have the option to not take it up and try to go into a private and more corporate. Right. But there should be some sort of integration where you know definitely that this degree comes with a job. A bro. job. It yeah. comes with a government position. Or at for least me. an internship like, until I can yeah. get a job. Like they need to give out like internships, bro. Like this thing of people get their degree and then they now gotta manually really start sending out CVs and looking. Like that's messed up. That is me. that is sad, bro. It's sad. But we, we're all we've all been through it. I had to go through it, you know. It's one of those things. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do to change the system. But the biggest discrepancy I realized coming out of high school is how different college is to high school. The standards are completely different, bro. When you get to yeah. a college, they say you need seventy five percent to pass certain tests. In high school, you need thirty percent. Yeah. Like, bro, it's just a huge difference. The government needs some sorting out. Needs. This is a. This is a. It's a political crisis. Unemployment. It is. Like, they were not supposed... They led us into this position. But let's also encourage the youth to... Like, if you have the means, especially, to do entrepreneurship shit. Yeah, Try to open your own business. If you have the means... I I realize that not everybody is privileged enough to do that, but do something for yourself, bro. Because the government is not not waiting for you, to be honest. They're not on our side. They're not waiting for you (laughs) to graduate. They're really not. It would be so much better if they were there waiting for you, saying that we're looking for 8,000 people to fill these jobs in 2,000 schools around the country. That would be like, wow. Exactly. But they're not, bro. 
They're not. They're not ever looking. <laughs> and they could easily do it. They could they easily could do implement it. these type of things, programs. But yeah, it's a very unfortunate thing, man. Our un- un- unemployment statistics, not even just for graduates or youth, just in general in our population. Isn't like 38% or some shit, bro? 38% of all South Africans are unemployed. Bro, almost half our country is unemployed, tasked. bro. It's crazy. That are able to work. Yeah, almost working half population. Of the people that are able to work are unemployed in the country. That's scary, and half bro. That, half that work. 80% of them don't even earn more than 15,000 rand a month. Oh, man. Which basically means almost our whole country is poor. The middle class is very slim. Very, yeah. very slim. Yeah, but anyways, man. Should we, should we close up the show? I know it's been kind of somber. It's been a somber <laughs> yeah. episode, man. But some, some of these things we had the, the responsibility to talk about. It's just... Yeah. It was, Have you noticed the progression of our show, though? Like, we really did not do this deep shit that much in the beginning. Yeah, we did. two, four, five, six. Like, we're, the more we've grown, the yeah. deeper the content has gotten. There's maturity, but we're going to be back on our bullshit next yeah, week. Yeah, we're always back on <laughs> bullshit, man. We're going to be back on our bullshit, man. More uh, rap battles. <laughs> more rap battles. <laughs> I've got to respond to Victory Lab, man. Yeah. That shit made me... <laughs> <laughs> it should, bro. It's fucking nasty rhyming on that uh, shit. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to come through with my, yeah, hi. I'm about to get disrespectful in this motherfucker. All right. I joke, man. And you come. guys can tell us in the comments. You guys, you guys thought one round one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Medulla Oblongata freestyle versus Game Over. Who mm. took that round? Let us know. And yeah, if anyone wants to join the Battle League. Oh, we're gonna fuck them up. Yeah, let oh, us know. Let's the we will kill you. Like we're not even rappers, and we have better bars than rappers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm beat. That's true. That's true, bro. That's crazy. I fucking listen to my recording. I'm like, nigga, I'm better than Quavo, bro. <laughs> Quavo, we got shit on me, bro. If anyone wants to join our battle league, come okay. for the YGF team. Yep. We'll kill you. (laughs) 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 All right, man. That's all from Sizzle the Savage and Vasani Matuba. This has been your girlfriend's favorite podcast. We out. We out.